The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by... Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher. You are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast, and this is episode number 52. This is the 52nd episode, which obviously is a year since we began this journey together. And uh, as in every episode, I introduce it as calling you family, because that is what this truly has become for me, and has been for a while, even before I started this podcast. In this episode, I want to talk to you about kind of uh, an overarching motivation for me and an overarching message that I don't know has been fully communicated in these episodes and in this series, and it is about freedom. For me, freedom to pursue ourselves and to pursue God and to pursue truth is so vital to the human experience, and yet so much of what we do is put bondage on ourselves. So, I'm going to do what I can to give you some more freedom in this episode and celebrate a year together. Let's have some fun. All right. Well... 52 weeks. That's uh, the end of the year, at least as far as uh, the New Age Christian podcast is concerned. And it has been uh, hopefully 52 weeks of episodes that you have enjoyed and have received a lot of benefit from. I know for me, it was kind of a bit of a surprise to realize like I'm, I'm about on my 52nd episode. It's not a lot of projects that I start that last this long, not because... Not because I don't desire to, but because I've always got a new idea or something to kind of expand into, and it shifts and it changes. And uh, for those of you who have partnered with me on projects and who know exactly what I'm talking about, I apologize. But uh, this epi- this podcast, um, I don't see it stopping anytime soon. And the New Age Christian concept and the thought form that I'm hoping to foster in this world is something that is still very much at the center of my heart. So... Uh, as of the moment, you can rest assured that my intentions are to keep doing this podcast for quite some time, and um, I've enjoyed the last year with you guys, and I've enjoyed the interviews that we've done. I've enjoyed uh, sharing the ideas that have resonated with me, and this last series on the the path to enlightenment was, I think we'll probably do a little bit more of that type of format, series format, and going in deeper into subjects and uh and sharing the big picture of ideas, but also kind of drilling into specific things that I think uh, this community needs. So, if you've got any subjects that you're hoping that I will that I will cover, by all means, hit me up on Facebook, send me an email through the contact form on the website, and I will take a look at them. One of the things that I am trying to balance in the coming year is, you know, obviously this podcast. It is a free resource for the most part, unless you're donating. And if you are, thank you very much. But, uh, you know, this is a source of my income and trying to sort out what to put on the podcast and what to turn into classes and um, kind of balancing that out is, is always a challenge for anybody who is in this day and age who's trying to create a digital income and, uh, and trying to 
build something online. So uh, if there's something that you want me to talk about, such as origins of the universe or types and shadows of the Old Testament, I'm sorry, you're not going to get a whole lot of detail on this podcast, but I will be doing, uh, fingers crossed and Lord willing, I will be doing um, more detailed classes and e-learning modules on those subjects in the coming year. But for now, I want to kind of share with you my heart for you know the last 52 weeks and honestly for the entirety of this this entire New Age Christian project. I was just doing some interviews with Bob Hutchins um, and Cody and Elaine Johnson. Cody and Lane Johnson, they do the Reckless Pursuit podcast, which you guys have heard them before. I've interviewed them. I'll probably, hopefully be interviewing them again soon. Um, I've been on their show. They've been on mine. And then Bob Hutchins is a new relationship, and he does the podcast called Rumors of Grace. You guys should go check it out. He uh, does a lot of interviews, and his take on questioning spirit, you know, Christianity and questioning kind of the, the, the truth of the gospel is very refreshing for those who kind of are in the beginning of their journey with New Age Christianity. Maybe, maybe some of the stuff that we talk about over the last 252 weeks is a little bit, a little bit of a stretch for you. If that's the case, and if and if you kind of like some of the episodes, but some of these episodes are like, whoa, dude, come on, um, go check out Reckless Pursuit, go check out Rumors of Grace, and uh, I am and New Age Christianity is becoming part of a larger community of communicators who are looking to help disenfranchised Christians, to help those of us who are searching, and um, I play my part. Thank you for letting me play my part in your life. It's been an honor. And um, the part I hope to play, as I said in the intro, is I want to hand out freedom. I was talking to Bob Hutchins on his uh, podcast episode, and in full disclosure, often out of my own mouth, I say stuff that surprises even me because it's this kind of like, oh my gosh, that's so true. And then I take notes because it actually makes a lot of sense and it resonates with me and it, and it becomes kind of a mantra for me over the next couple months. And uh, as, we, as he was asking his questions and we were talking, I realized, you know, Jesus, he says that the truth shall set you free. And so the whole world has taken that. I mean, whether you're Christian or not, people, oh yeah, I mean, the truth shall set you free. And it's in the movies, it's in concepts, you know, we'll just tell the truth and you'll be free, which is true. And it does set you free. Um, radical honesty. I did a whole couple episodes on that or, or Lauren Zander's Maybe It's You book. I mean, the truth will set you free, but there's something deeper to that. And obviously I think the context of what Jesus means uh, we instinctively know that it's also more than just telling the truth about facts. It is about finding truth, and it's about finding spiritual truth to insert freedom into your life. But here's the thing. I know so many people who have embarked on this journey to find truth, and they've embarked on this journey to figure out the right answers. And most of them have become massive judgmental assholes or super afraid of being wrong because the truth is the truth and everything else is a lie. And so the fruit of their pursuit, which again, if you don't know me, (laughs) I judge a message by its fruit. So the fruit of these people is either judgmentalism because they're the ones with, they're the only ones with the right answers 
or often it's fear because they might have the right answers, but they're afraid they don't. And so God's going to strike them down and they're going to be in prison. And so their pursuit of truth often ends up being a pursuit of an illusion, of an illusion, the illusion of truth, the illusion of certainty, of knowing all the things. Like, do you really think that if you meditate or read enough books about Jesus, that you're going to know the truth of Jesus? And it's, and it's like, in, it's in, you know, caps, you know, the truth. Like, there's only one full definition of what is true about Jesus. Or insert any concept. What is true about David? What is true about spirituality? What is true about sex? What is true about politics? Like, we have a problem in our culture that says that truth is this static, frameable thing. Now, for those of you who are having a conniption fit right now that are saying, Austin, are you saying that truth is relative? No, I'm not saying that truth is relative. I am saying that truth is bigger than most of us allow ourselves to think. Because while it's while truth is truth, it is also a matter of perspective, which I know is can be relative. But let me let me explain. So you learned certain things about Jesus, that he died for your sins, and that because he died for your sins, God loves you. Hopefully, listening to this podcast, hopefully listening to my episodes on sin or on Jesus, you've actually figured out that maybe God loved you even before Jesus died for your sins. Maybe Jesus didn't die for your sins to appease a bloodthirsty, judgmental father, but to actually give your mind something to rest on because you were enemies in your minds. You were never enemies of God. You were enemies of your mind. So maybe you've learned something better about Jesus and why he died. So my question is, when you learned that Jesus died for your sins and therefore God loves you, was that a lie? Dramatic pause for a reason. Was it a lie? Was was the thing that you believed first untrue? No. Jesus did die for your, for your sins. God does love you. But was it the whole truth? No. The whole truth is bigger than that. And I'm not even going to go so far. I'm not going to be so bold or so arrogant as to say that what I've taught on it is the whole truth. Because the fact of the matter is that truth is a spiral. And, you know, we think that truth is linear, that, okay, so I need to get to the next staircase and then suddenly I'm true. And then I, and then energetically, we kind of look down at everyone who believes lesser than us and we think that they're wrong. But the fact of the matter is, is that when you were standing on that step 20 steps ago, you thought you were right too. And as a matter of fact, you were more right than you were 21 steps ago. So, does that mean you were wrong on that 20th step or, you know what I'm saying? Because truth is, it is like stair steps, but it's, but it's not linear, meaning you don't like learn the truth of Jesus and then never revisit it. Hopefully. 
<laughs> I think a lot of people do. They kind of, well, I learned the truth about that. Now I don't need to know anymore. But reality, truth is a stair sta- staircase. So it is building on itself. But it's also spiral in shape in that you come back around to the same idea. So what you learned about Jesus 10 years ago versus what you learned about Jesus five years ago versus what you learned about Jesus today. And maybe, just maybe, you might learn something new about Jesus five years from now and maybe 10 years from now. And that you revisit the things that you've learned to go deeper and broader and get more maturity around those ideas. And so we pursue truth as if it's a linear staircase. And then maybe some of us have graduated to pursuing truth as if it's a spiral staircase. But there's something that, that as I was talking to Bob Hutchins, I kind of realized, oh my gosh, so the truth shall set you free. The reality of truth is is that it is specific to the individual and where they're at. Because of what everything I've just described, if I'm pursuing truth and I'm on the 20th step, then the truth about Jesus is equal to step 21. But if I'm the, on the 120th step, then the truth about Jesus is equal to a step 121. So my truth about Jesus, while it builds on what I used to know, is also expanding relative to where I'm at in my journey. And so in that way, I would not say truth is relative as much as I would say truth is subjective. It's subjected to where you're at in your journey. Truth itself is the fact. It is the reality. And if you go listen to Don Miguel Ruiz and his description of what is true, I completely agree that truth is always in the now and truth is energetic truth is uh it's a feeling it is the f- it you know when you feel upset that is true now you try to articulate your feeling of being upset to your spouse you start immediately you have to start using words let's say in this case you use english well you've already taken an energy and started putting vowels and sounds to it that are limited by the language you're using. There may be a better word for what you're feeling in Russian, but you don't know that word, so you're using the best words that you have available. So you're already introducing a distortion by the fact that you're using ling- that you're using English. So the truth of the, what the feeling is, then you begin to distort it the best you can, the least amount that you can, to communicate your frustration or your anger to your spouse in English. Then you add the layer of the fact that, well, for me, I my experience is, is that I felt this before and it happened when this happened. So now you have your own lenses as to what anger means and what anger, what anger is, how anger is best described. But then let's say you, you know your spouse and you know how they think. So you're You're also going to then choose words that you think they will better understand. So now you have another filter of like, okay, so I'm going to use words that I understand, but then I'm going to try to use words that I think they understand. And now you have multiple layers of distortion between the truth of the fact that you're angry and the communication of that truth to your spouse. That distortion 
is what Don Miguel Ruiz would call it, it's the dream. It is it is the distortion. It is the knowledge that in, that inserts itself into our experience, that separates us from what is true. So using that concept to realize that truth is absolutely mental and truth, quote unquote, is subjective to our mental positioning in the, in the, in the pursuit, I think there's a better way to pursue freedom. And I think there's a better way to, to do this. The reality is, is I don't think we're actually in pursuit of truth anyway. Honestly, how, how, how good does truth make you feel? If anything, if anything, if you think you're true, you know, you have, I found the truth. It often makes people feel superior, kind of arrogant. Um, it often makes people feel stupid for having believed something less than the truth. So when you pursue truth, I'd say, oh, you know, at least half the time, the fruit of it is either arrogance or guilt or condemnation. So what would happen if instead of pursuing truth mentally and trying to define it as this is true and that is that is false, this is true and that is false, what if you shifted your entire mode of pursuit? And pay attention to what I'm saying because this, this is the one-year anniversary. This is the one-year episode for New Age Christianity. And I was kind of, I was sifting through with spirit like, okay, what should I talk about for the year? Should I just kind of do a review? What do I do? And this came out of nowhere. I say out of nowhere. It came out of a conversation with Bob Hutchins that really, really has stuck with me is like, this is going to be one of those things that becomes how I measure existence. So pay close attention to what I'm saying. What would happen if you shifted your pursuit in life from the pursuit of truth, you know, the truth shall set you free. Truth is very mental. It's very in your head. What if you dropped it down to your heart and you pursued the feeling of freedom? That when you were presented with certain teachings or you were presented with certain options or you were presented with certain challenges, what if instead of pursuing the right answer, or instead of pursuing truth, which is so incredibly subjective, what if you pursued freedom and the feeling of freedom? And the feeling of freedom, let me let me stop you. If you're already thinking, oh, oh he's just a pursuit of happiness. No, the freedom is not necessarily always the happiest option. <laughs> I know this from experience. Freedom is a very, very specific energy where happiness can be fleeting. It is momentary and it's often subjective. Freedom is super stable. You might choose to quit your job and it is scary as hell. It's certainly not happy and you're, and you're frustrated, but you're pursuing freedom. You might, you know, there, whether there's a relationship or there's a financial decision, whatever, you might choose things that are scary, they're hard, they're sad, they're frustrating, they're confusing. But if you follow freedom and you know that the, what the freedom feels like, more importantly, you know what bondage feels like. If you pursued freedom, I'm going to go out on a limb and say 
that if you pursue freedom for a year, right, and you find yourself in the pursuit of the energy of freedom, and you put your mind out of it for a minute, and instead of the mind becoming the decision maker, the mind simply becomes the observer, and you follow intuition, and you pursue freedom, and you follow the decisions that feel more free than another, this feels more free than that, this feels more free than that, and you begin to intuitively follow freedom, I am willing to bet everything I own that at the end of a year, when you open your eyes and you examine the things you think and the things you have learned, that you will find yourself surrounded by more truth than you ever could have imagined. Because truth and freedom are synonymous. As you pursue freedom, freedom is not subjective. Freedom is very objective. It is very factual because it's an emotion and its emotions are always in the now, right? Now, for those of you, oh, emotions are so subjective. No, no, no. Emotions are true. Whether they're now, how they come to you, absolutely subjective. It's absolutely subjective that two people can watch the same movie and get very different emotions. But the emotions themselves are the truth, right? The human experience is about feeling. It's about experiencing. So when I watch a horror film and it scares me, when somebody else watches a horror film and it makes them excited, the truth is I'm scared and the truth is they're excited. There's, there's no bones about it. Emotions are truth. They are the truth in the moment. And I am absolutely redefining this passage. I am absolutely redefining this concept that the pursuit, you know, that that the truth will set you free. We think truth is the right answers. What if truth is freedom? What if freedom is the reason that Christ came? What if freedom is the point of existence, not having the right answers? Because the right answers are subjective. The right answer for me, and you've heard me tell the story, what if two of us are walking down the street, there's a homeless person on the side of the road, I'm a Scrooge, and you're a bleeding heart. Spirit is teaching me how to be generous and teaching you how to be frugal. And we both walk by, I don't give the guy $10, but the spirit told me to. And you do give the guy $10 and spirit told you not to. From the outside, the guy got his $10. It's a, it, we won, right? Well, no, it's a complete and utter failure because I, my truth, the thing that spirit was telling me to do, I did not do. The thing spirit told you to do, you did not do. And to, to, each, to him who knows the right thing to do and he does not do it, to him it is sin. That's in the Bible. So what if the pursuit of truth being as subjective it is as it is 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 part of the problem but freedom the feeling of freedom the and hear what i'm saying the feeling of freedom is fact it is in the now it is not subjective now you can argue about well that shouldn't make you free that should make you feel like a total loser Well, maybe it makes you feel like a total loser, but the energy I'm feeling right now is freedom. That is the fact. Freedom as a feeling is completely objective and it is completely, perfectly definable for those who understand what it feels like. So to wrap up 
even the last series on the, the path to enlightenment, that enlightenment in its very core is the pursuit of freedom. That New Age Christianity at its very core is the pursuit of freedom. That it's not about the pursuit of happiness. Happiness can be subjective. Happiness is a feeling as well. And so in that case, in some cases, you could drill down and say that it is absolutely objective and is definitive that happiness is. But often, happiness is something that we try to quantify with our minds. For me, freedom is much easier to let go of this illusion that my mind is smart enough to figure out what it even means. Because freedom is so much more sacred than happiness for me. And maybe, maybe I'm just preaching to myself, I don't know, but freedom is essentially the, the deepest version of happiness that the human experience is, is designed for. And it is always in the now. It is an emotion, but emotions are what you feel. So if you actually were wanting to grow and grow as fast as you can, stop per- trying to pursue truth. Just follow what feels free. And I was sharing this with Bob Hutchins a bit, and he was like, so what you're saying, Austin, is do what makes you happy. Do what makes you feel good. And I've already said this before in this episode, but I want to kind of reiterate. No, this isn't do what makes you happy, do what makes you feel good. The truth is that freedom often is scary. Freedom often can can present itself as a very difficult choice. Quitting your job so that you can be free is scary. But... Would you rather be free or would you rather be secure? I would argue that some people don't know what happiness really is. And so they go, well, it makes me happy to be able to pay my bills. Really? Because I've heard you complain every day for five years about your job. Are you sure you're happy? Right? You might be happy that you don't have debt, but you're not free. What would make you more happy? And so I think happiness can parade itself as security. Happiness can parade itself as ease of life. But freedom doesn't parade as anything but freedom. And it is an energy that is very real and very strong. And it is something that the truth shall set you free. Well, if you pursue the energy of freedom, I can guarantee you in a year, you'll wake up and you'll look around and you'll realize that you're surrounded by truth. Because truth and freedom are synonymous. And this is kind of, this is not just Austin's made up stuff. There is a concept that is in the scripture as well as where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So when you mix that with Jesus' statement that the spirit will lead you into all truth. So where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom and the spirit leads you into all truth. So wherever there is truth, there is freedom and whatever there is freedom, there is truth. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. So the spirit leads you into all truth. And yes, it is a spiral. But the pursuit of freedom is so incredible. For me, it is way easier. If if I am listening to a teacher and I'm not sure what to think about what he says. For me, a very recent uh, spiritual kind of truth that uh, I've had to weigh and balance has been the idea of reincarnation, right? That if when I pursue the idea of reincarnation, like, is this true? Is it's not true? Is it true? Is it not true? I weigh and balance and I essentially 
judge it the best I can without having believed it in the first place. And so it becomes an exercise in, well, I hope I'm smart enough and I'm asking the right questions. And most of us live there. We live in this space where we're relying on our mind to be the smartest thing in the room. But the truth is that the spirit is the smartest thing in the room and the spirit is directly tied to the energy of freedom. And so when I look at reincarnation and I realize, wait a minute, if reincarnation is true, then that would mean that people who are super judgmental, they I can love them and be patient with them because that's why they're here. Or people who are Muslims who are blowing themselves up as terrorists and killing people, I can love them and forgive them because that is their role. And the people who died, that is something that they were meant to learn from or whatever. And suddenly the idea of reincarnation does give a sense of peace and acceptance to what is. And whether or not it's quote unquote true, and those of you who are listening like, dude, that's a lie. And we need to change the world and we need to fix all these problems. Here's the deal. I can't argue with the fact that, damn, it is really nice to have let go of a lot of that of a lot of that frustration, a lot of that anxiety about other people's opinions and what they're doing and trying to fix everybody else. I found freedom in the idea of reincarnation. I had found freedom in letting people be them and realizing that God has got it under control, quote unquote, not control as in he's making it happen, but it's okay. It's not, it's not a surprise. It's not this thing that's like, oh shit, we have to fix this problem. It is good and okay. And yes, we have problems to fix, but now I'm going to do it from an energy that is not super high strung and stressed out, but I can do it from an energy that's at peace and that is free. And so for me, this entire New Age Christian journey has been about the pursuit of freedom. Um, It's kind of new for me to even frame it this way, but it has been the thing for those of you who know me well and you know the decisions that I've made over the years. And a lot of times the decisions I make are confusing for people. And it's scary and it and it cause it makes enemies for me and, and it causes problems. And at the same time, my life has, has gotten freer and freer and freer. It has been one of those modes that I didn't even really know realize I was doing until until these conversations of I haven't pursued truth. I've pursued freedom. And as a result, I found myself surrounded by truth. And I cannot overemphasize the fact that freedom is going to look very differently for each one of us. Freedom for me and freedom for you are not going to be carbon carbon copies. There are people who love Ian Clayton's teaching on going to the heavens and the courts of heaven, and they are so free and alive and, and beautifully powerful. For me, that whole concept is a whole bunch of have-tos and you need to do this right. And you, if you do this wrong, it's going to, you know, it's not freedom. It is bondage. It is rules. It is regulations. But for other people, it's total freedom. It is, it is freedom to be them. Then there's people who love, I, I, it still baffles me, but I have met people who I genuinely believe love Catholic mass or they love high church liturgy, like, you know, Methodist churches or, you know, West, you know, uh, 
I think Wesleyan's our high church, but like, you know, the robes and the, the vestiges and the, and the call and the response, you know, the Anglican and stuff like that. Like there's people who find such freedom in that. Again, for me, it's not freeing. And so for them, it is truth. And the truth has set them free. So what if truth isn't this static destination? What if it's not the gold at the end of the rainbow? What if, what if truth is a person? What if truth is actually the spirit of truth? And what if it's very personable? What if it's very relational? What if it's very, very subjective? But freedom is not. Freedom is, is, the, tr- is the reality of experience in the moment. And so for me on this one year anniversary episode to thank you guys for your time, to thank you for um, being faithful to listen to me go off rants or or uh, interview people or whatever. Um, it has been a privilege and I will continue to do this um, next week. We will probably be talking about Halloween, although it'll be a few days after Halloween. It's uh, still going to be apropos. And um, for me to wrap up this entire podcast series and this entire concept of New Age Christianity and to say, this is, a, this is a community about the pursuit of freedom. I don't know of a more beautiful way to say it and a more real way to say it. If anything is true, there is a way in which it is true. And this isn't about just doing whatever the hell you want and damn the torpedoes. Because a lot of people's definition of freedom can be damaging to others. But freedom, for me, is much deeper than actions. Oh, I can do what I want. Well, often, doing what you want means you're... You're in bondage to yourself. You're in bondage to fear. You're in bondage to bitterness. I don't mean that. I mean the freedom of your soul, the freedom of joy and peace and love, the fruit of the Spirit, that freedom is synonymous with the journey that I am. I have embarked on in myself and is what I hope you guys get permission to pursue. There's a reason that I tell you, if, if what I speak doesn't resonate with you, don't take it. You know, pursue what works for you because freedom is very, very specific to your journey. And the last thing I want is to try to gather people around a set of rules and teachings that I'm convinced of for the sake of my own journey, um, just to gather people around and give them a bunch of condemnation and bondage. I have people in my life who who have confessed to me that they feel guilty that they don't think the same way about certain things. And I know they're confessing me because they realize that it's not the right answer. But uh, it is absolutely silly as hell to feel guilty that you disagree with me. If what I teach, if what I say produces bondage, it produces a lot of have-tos for you, it doesn't mean that I'm a bad teacher. It means that Literally, it's what I'm giving you is not freeing you. And so hopefully this overarching energy, this overarching message of freedom and the pursuit of freedom, again, there's a very real mechanism. And this is, listen carefully. What if instead of pursuing the idea of truth, what if you pursued the energy of freedom? Feel what freedom feels like. And when you're faced with a decision, follow freedom. I promise you, if you do that enough times, you will learn so many lessons that are true. 
and you won't have to learn the truth in order to be free. You can feel what is free and you will find the truth. So with that, I leave you guys as always. Thank you for your time. Um, I ask that you would consider donating. For those of you who have donated, it is highly appreciated. There's a lot of shifting and transitioning coming up in my life and in this community. So uh, stay tuned the next few weeks and hopefully the next couple months in 2020. We, my hope is to hit the ground running in a major way. As always, thank you for giving me an hour. Have a great Halloween and a great fall. We'll be in touch next week. Talk to you later.